The following programme is made possible by the friends and partners of Creation Today. So how many excuses have you heard people use to reject God, reject creation, or reject the scriptures? I have heard hundreds, and not one of them is going to work on God. Welcome to the Creation Today Show, where we bring together interviews with experts and solid Bible teaching. Your host, Eric Hovind, affirms the ultimate authority of God's Word, the truth of creation, and why it matters to you. Hey, today we're going to cover some information that will leave you without excuse, because whether you look at the stars in the sky, the the birds in the air, the animals on the ground, or the fish in the sea, or the insects that are living in the ground, no matter where you look, they all give glory to God. And when you meet him one day, I don't want you to be depending on an excuse to get you out of doing what you should have done. Hey, if you're new to the Creation Today show, welcome. My name is Eric Hoven. We're on a mission here to disciple the world one person at a time. And our goal is to turn the stumbling blocks that keep people from coming to to Christ into the very stepping stones that pave the way to the cross and the empty tomb. Hey, if you're joining me live on YouTube or Facebook, welcome. I'd love to know where you're tuning in from. Put that in the chats so I can see it. To my podcast listeners out there, hey, I see you guys downloading the show week after week, and it's awesome. Thanks for investing in your life through this time. And if any of you are watching on television and you want to join our community of people trying to change the world, come on over to creationtoday.org and just simply partner with us. Hey, Creation Today partners, what's up, guys? Great to see you guys on here. Uh, welcome, and guys, seriously, thank you guys for being part of what we do and helping us reach around the world. I can't wait to give you an end-of-year report with what we've done in 2022 and what, what our partnership has done to impact eternity. It truly is amazing. Hey, my guest today is an audience favorite. Check this out. After a brush with death more than 25 years ago, he began looking for a, a deeper purpose and meaning in life, and he realized that the rejection of biblical truth, which was justified by belief in evolution, was the acid which was eating away at the moral foundation of our culture. He spent 30 years working as a research leader for the Dow Chemical Corporation and then retired early so that he could become the director of Search for the Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today is Mr. Bruce Malone. Man, Bruce, welcome to the Creation Today show again, buddy. Hey, Eric, my favorite creation show host. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> I don't know how many creation shows there are out there, but I'll consider myself flattered no matter what, okay? <laughs> Man, you're awesome. I love the work that you do. You've uh, published books. You've, you've gotten books into other countries by the thousands, actually millions. Well, uh, you, hundreds of thousands. Okay, hundreds of thousands. You don't know go. about all the bootleg copies then. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of book printed in China. I hope they're bootlegging them and uh, sending them all over China. They're, they need it. Wow. Yes, they really they do, do need it out there. Hey, have you, I, I, you've been involved in creation for a couple of years now, a couple of years, and uh, you see the need. I gave a little bit of, of your bio there that's from your website. Real quick, though. What what turned this into the passion that made you who you are? Because you're passionate about this. What 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 did that for you? Um, yeah, I didn't become a Christian until I was about 25, well after college. I'd been trained 
evolution explained it all. Cosmic evolution, the Big Bang, chemical evolution, where life's popping up everywhere. Biological evolution, that bacteria have all of them turned into people. So it was a fact in my mind. After I had almost died, after I accepted what God had done for me, out of unbelievable love, died in my place, um, a speaker came to our church to speak on creation. Now, I want to just, I, I hope there's some people in your audience who aren't necessarily Christian. When you become a Christian, when you accept what God has done for you in place of your sins, you drag into your Christianity all of your misconceptions, most of your bad habits, most of your nasty human fallen nature. It, it's not like he rewrites your computer program. So uh, I thought this whole idea of creation was absurd. Went to one of the sessions out of four, and it was on a worldwide flood, and I started to see this evidence that there has been a flood on this earth. And if they scientists, and as a you know, a thinker, I realized if that is true, then the rock layers can't be millions of years old. Then evolution could not have happened. Then fossilization happens rapidly. Then the, this whole earth was resurfaced. And everything I've heard about biology, geology, uh, physics, anthropology, astronomy, it's all wrong. Or the Bible's right. Uh, or the Bible's all wrong. So I started studying it. And uh, I think that what built the fire was seeing everything had been left out, all the stuff that I hadn't been told, everything that didn't agree with the, uh, the narrative that you have to explain everything without God, which is what our school system does. Uh, and it irritated me. Yeah. And I, so God basically with that gentle voice says, so what are you going to do about it, Bruce? Wow. And for 35 years, I've been trying to do something about it and help people understand what the truth really is. Beautiful. Wow. Well, we are indebted to you answering that call uh, of God on your life. And I'm, I truly am thankful. Your latest book that you and Julie Von Vett did. Oh my goodness. This, I don't know how long this took you guys. Maybe you can tell us about that. This Two is years. a masterpiece. I mean, oh, just, just a masterpiece of design of quality of information. Uh, I I'm, I'm, I can't wait to go through some of this with you guys because it's you're gonna love what Bruce shares and just it's a couple things from the book. But how long have you guys been working on this? Well, that was our COVID project. And by the way, I I, I give enormous amounts of credit to Julie Von Vett. She is a science homeschool science teacher who runs science co-ops for parents. She has five hundred students in the state of Minnesota. It goes from city to city all all every day of the week. She's in a different city. Uh, with, you know, 50 or more students in her classroom and then off to the next spot. So, um, and uh, she and I found these interesting things about uh, nature and animals and parts of our body and essentially every area of science. And uh, this is the fourth one of these creation devotionals. And of all of them, this is my favorite. Oh, no doubt. I've got your others. You've got a closer look at prophecy. You've got a closer look at the evidence. And uh, man, I'm telling you, if you guys want a Christmas gift, this would be a great gift to give or to get either one, uh, because you you do these daily devotionals and it takes people. I mean, I know I titled the show, The Top 10 Excuses God is Going to Reject. We could go through thousands because you've developed thousands already of these yeah. things. Um, but take me take me through real quick. Um well, I kind of want to just jump right in. Actually, can we? Can sure. you give us one of? Because I I wanted to start. Let me let me go ahead and ask this. You've heard <laughs> lot. You you 
I don't debated, had conversations with lots of skeptics, and there are a variety of things that they use as excuses for why they don't believe in God or don't believe in the Bible or, you know, whatever it is that they're trying to reject that is the truth. Uh, and and these kind of fly in the face of every single excuse that somebody could give is what it ends up doing. Yeah. Ultimately, the bottom line excuse for anybody who uh, leaves God out of their thinking is to to assume the complexity of life, the origin of matter, time, space, energy, and everything is all by some natural process. The problem with every kind of this evolutionary thinking is A, totally contradicts and undermines the clear, straightforward word of God. So, so as a Christian that's accepting that, you're rejecting that God's word can mean what it says. And B, it doesn't work. It cannot be explained by natural processes, those things that God did supernaturally and told us he did. And I am going to jump right in, okay? Right, at the, beginning, right, right at the beginning of a Without Excuse uh, on January 4th. And by the way, nobody reads these books a page a, a day because they're just too interesting to see what's going to happen on the next day. <laughs> they right? are. I, I talk, it's a section on anatomy, and I talk about uh, doctors when they go to medical college, they have to start studying the systems of biological life. Now, any engineer knows a factory is a system where you have to have lots of raw materials coming and being transformed and being placed in the right spot at the right time in the right sequence. It's a system before the car comes out the other end of the factory. Systems never happen a step at a time. They all have to be in place or nothing works. Now, our body is systems upon systems upon systems. And let me tell you what I mean. An individual cell has thousands of individual components, parts, and chemicals. And they're literally all talking to one another, communicating, requiring raw materials, transforming them, and interacting. Uh, take any organ of our body, like the eye. The eye is a system. It has to have a lens. It has to have a cornea. It has to have fluid. It has to have a retina. Unless all of it's there, none of it works. But the body itself, now I'm working my way out, okay? And, and everything there is communicating with biological uh, 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 signals, which are telling it what it needs, what raw materials, how they're transported, how they're going to get there, and so it'll all work continually and repair itself. Now, the human body has a rest. Look, okay, let me give you this example. Uh, how does something you eat how does the nutrition get to your toe? Okay. If the cells in your toe don't get the nutrition, those cells are going to die. How does that happen? Well, your mouth has to chew the food and enzymes have to start dissolving. Your throat has to be able to swallow without the food going into your lungs. So a little flap has to close while the food's going down and air doesn't, it opens up for air. A valve in your stomach has to open and then close so it doesn't come back up into the throat and you're constantly throwing up. It has to be mixed with acids, you know, eaten, you know, broken down. Then it goes into the intestines where enormous surface areas of blood-filled villia absorb the nutrients and take them to the bloodstream. So the food does no good unless there's a bloodstream. The blood has to be yeah. moving, which means there has to be a heart. Without oxygen, none of it can be broken down and oxidized. So now you have to have a respiratory system bringing oxygen into the lung, which goes into the blood, 
which the circulatory system can then take, combine with the food, transport the nutritions to the cells, which then have to take them in through a membrane to allow the right stuff in, the right stuff out. And the bad stuff has to be then ejected by the uh, urinary system and so on. So you have at least four systems that all have to be in place or nothing works in the cells in your toe die. Now, systems don't make themselves. And that's just the, the parts of the human body. Um, so that, that, that's one of the pages where I go through the immune system, the urinary system, the endocrine system, the muscular system. You know, without muscles, the stomach couldn't do what it does. So now we're up to five systems required in order to food to get to where it needs to be in your body. And so people that say that all of this happened with slow, gradual, random processes, the reality is the only way for that to happen with small, random changes is inside of your imagination. Yeah. There, there's no way this wasn't designed by an all-wise designer, certainly somebody that's smarter than us. I mean, how long have we been trying to do robots and we're not even close to, to getting it? And all we're doing is copying the system that's already there. We, we're having a hard time even copying it. Truly, right. if you have seen a body, you are without excuse for not understanding the truth of the, the amazing designer that we serve and that created this world. Wow. Yeah. And, and again, that's exactly what God has told us. In the book of Romans, it says, every human being is without excuse for believing in him because we can see what he has made. It all could have made itself. We have every excuse in the, you know, in the universe to not believe there's a God. There's ways it could have made itself. But wow. God said, go look at creation so you will not hope that I exist, not wonder if I exist, not even believe that he exists by looking at what God has made, you will know, know absolutely know that God exists because there's no other explanation that works. You know, Gary is one of our members and he said, same story was true for him. It's when he saw the information from a creation speaker in 1998 in, uh, in Missouri uh, at a Lutheran church. He saw the creation speaker, Dr. Stan Sweeney, and that's when he was like, oh my goodness, this has to be true. And when it changed everything. And I'm always amazed by the number of testimonies we received, probably because we're in creation ministry, but people going, when I saw that information, when I heard that, I knew it had to be true. And that's, uh, yeah, you think of the human body yeah. and that's phenomenal evidence for a supreme designer. No doubt about it. You got you got another one? Well, while we're on the human body, let's... Uh talk about just the heart. Yeah. You know, people think of an organ of the body. The heart is just so central to everything. Uh, one of the pages and, uh, I probably I'll look it up, which one it is. It's, uh, June 29th. Yeah. Researchers have spent 10 years trying to reproduce the human heart. I mean, that's the, like the, the, the golden ring of, uh, <laughs> biological engineering. Uh, we have made mechanical hearts, but they won't fit inside of the human they're, they're not even remotely close to as good as the human pumping system. So uh, they, they worked, spent millions of dollars, 10 years. They finally, after all this effort, they took uh, some of the cells uh, from the human heart, uh, the early cells, when they're dividing, dividing, they're fighting, and, and uh, put them onto a, a brainwork membrane, and they got those cells to grow to where a heart tissue 
to the heart of a human heart started to beat surrounding a certain small circular area. So it's like they had reproduced one of the chambers of the human heart. And it was that scientists outside of the human body learned to grow a human heart. And, and you hear that and you think, oh, wow, that could just happen. There it is, a little cell terminal. But it wasn't a heart. It was just a single chamber. It's, it's like orders of magnitude removed from a human heart. And the second thing that isn't typically noticed uh, or talked about, in order to make it happen, they had to start with the programming and the cells already produced by a human heart and just got them to grow. You got them to grow into a certain framework and structure. So they, they had to start with something God had already made. They hadn't created, hadn't happened by chance. And it took enormous effort and enormous intellect to even get that much started. Uh, and before we leave the heart, okay, that's just, that's just one thought. Couldn't happen by itself. People are trying to make it happen by itself. It doesn't. We're going to start with what God made. Um, if you look at the, every time it beats, it creates friction, expansion, contraction, expansion, reaction of, of, of the um, different chambers. Well, friction produces heat. And if left to itself, that's all it does, the heart would essentially burn up. It would just get hotter and hotter. So the heart is designed with a sack of fluid around it so that as it beats, that fluid both removes the heat and lowers the friction so that we don't of, of, of this heart. And the doctors have a name for this where that fluid leaks or there's an enough But if there was too much fluid, it would create pressure around the heart. It wouldn't beat as, as efficiently and the heart wouldn't work. And there's another medical term for that. So here God has seen a problem, designed this heart, but every time it beats, the person has too much friction. He came up with this elegant engineering design with the fluid in a sack around the heart but if there's too much fluid you die if there's too little fluid you die it has to be exactly the right amount it all has to be there all at once now you can't just evolve that a step at a time if it wasn't there we would never would have survived and if it wasn't there the right amount we don't survive it is so apparent that it's all been designed by an incredible engineer so the only way for the heart <laughs> to evolve by chance with small random changes yeah yeah how is in your imagination is that what you're saying <laughs> yeah. uh no i would say wild imagination well in it's good adjective to add to that i mean <laughs> and then the, the fact like what what would come up with the ability to need a heart like how would you unless you have the the big picture in mind to begin with and saying i need the heart i need this i need this and then they all need to work together. Without the big picture, there's no need to start developing a heart. Right, right. Wow. So and it doesn't develop. It's got to all be there. If you have a beating heart, you are without an excuse. I'm telling you, man, the, the thing beating inside your chest is incredible evidence of God as the designer and the creator. Wow. Bruce? You only got 365 of these okay. in this book. I don't know if we're going to get through all of them in this uh, in this hour, but uh, give me another yeah. one. These are awesome. All right. Yeah. Okay. This one, and, and, and not only is creation there so we can know that God exists, and he tells us that's one of the reasons it's there, and have this confidence 
that he is there and we can trust him. He also has done things simply so we can learn from them. There's so many, so many chores to diseases. There are so things that have come because we've looked at what God has made first and tried to, how does it work? What can we use it for? It is a slug. I mean, slugs are really useful. Did you know that? No, <laughs> not just because they like to recycle dirt and stuff. Uh -huh. uh, there, there, there is a slug that uh, when it moves, it climb trail that turned into this incredible invention. Now, before I jump into this, I went, I have started taking the pages of these books and turning them into little what two or so minute videos that uh, on certain pages, you'll see little QR codes. You can read about a certain thing God has made. And then you could watch it. Um, I don't know if you have the one queued up for slime slug. slug you know what? Slime. I had him. I had him throw it in as B-roll footage over you talking a little bit about it because I was so oh, okay. fascinated by it. But I was like, I don't know. Can we just can we just show that instead of I'll me see if Kent can get that. Kent, if you can get that queued up, um, and then just uh, message me or tell me when you got that ready. But that is, uh, you, you, and it is, by the way, if you want more and more of these in this book, those QR codes link straight to those videos where he's going through and talking about them. And those videos are great to simply share on social media. Those are great little clips to go, they hey, are. did you know this? And just throw it out there and have that out there. So, and by the way, it's, it's also all part of searchforthetruth.net. Searchforthetruth.net. If you want to check out Bruce's website, searchforthetruth.net uh, is a great one. Um, uh, John, John, one of our partners says, take any biological system. You can spend a lifetime studying it, no matter how quote primitive. And John, you are exactly right, man. He this is, right. is, uh, he it's, is right. it's incredibly, incredibly intense. While, while he's working on the slime slug, let, let me jump into another one. I, and that okay. is, uh, blue roses. There's a page in the book about blue roses. And, uh, people think, well, it's kind of interesting. I don't see a lot of those in, in the flower shops. Well, well, there's a reason you don't see a lot of them in the flower shop. Did, did you know the Chinese 3,000 years ago were, were raising roses and uh, doing cross-pollination and breeding them to get different shapes and colors and sizes and colorations? So for 3,000 years, the, the blue rose has been the holy of rose breeding. Uh, I mean, we got pink and white and red and orange and, and all, all sorts of different colors. Uh, but scientists have always, you know, uh, botanists and florists, they've always wanted to have a blue rose. Um, well, we finally achieved it. Uh, I think it's been about, uh, five to 10 years ago. They, they came out with a blue rose. Uh, but this is how they did it. They took the blue gene from petunias. Now, a, uh, a geneticist from Cornell University, his name is Dr. John Sanford. By the way, he was an atheist for most of his career. But as he started to look at biology, he realized everything is deteriorating. Supposedly, bacteria have turned into human beings, turned into fish, the land animals, have turned into monkeys, have turned into people, and so on over, over hundreds of millions of years. Uh, but when he looked at what's actually happening in biology, he sees everything getting worse, deteriorating downwards, losing information, diseases developing, things going extinct. He, he couldn't find a single example of complex interrelated information being added due to mistakes, which is the same as randomly changing a computer program and expecting it to work better, or 
randomly rearranging letters in a book and expecting to develop a new novel. These things never happen. So mutation is no work. Well, heat-ups, the method of taking a gene out of one plant cell, splicing it into the DNA of another plant nucleus to get different characteristics for corn or whatever. So he grabbed up the, the gene that makes blue petunias, added it to a rose, and developed a blue rose. So we now have blue roses. Wow. But the reason for 3,000 years no one could ever make a blue rose is because the information isn't contained in the genetic code of a rose. It isn't there. And no matter how much breeding you do, no matter how much cross-fertilization you do, no matter how much effort you put into it, you can't make information randomly appear. Only by grabbing information that's already been programmed and placing it in that plant can you then get what you desire. See, all of this supports creation and it shows evolution can't possibly be true. Because if, if you took the evolution worldview, you would have to say not only over these last 3,000 years of doing everything we could to a rose to try to get a blue rose, not only should it have turned into a blue rose, it should have turned into a variety of other plants. It should have exactly. turned into possibly even some animals. I mean, it the, the <laughs> limitation for where the rose could go is yeah. limitless according to the evolution worldview. If we started well, as a, yeah. an amoeba and we're at where we're at today with all the varieties, Surely you could take all the information in a rose and turn it into a lot of different stuff, but we still have the rose and we've manipulated it to get more petals and less petals. Do you remember, um, Bruce, I thought the original rose was like a five petal flower. Do you remember if that's the case, if that's the origin of it? I don't. I'd, I'd have to go back and study that. You may okay. be right. Uh, but it is, well, I know the original core that you go back even hundreds of years were just these kind of nasty big big kernel of corns and not very many of them wanted here. And, but all of the genetic information was in it to get all the varieties we see uh, today. Same with rice and so on. See, the information's already there. It just gets uh, read in or out or, or exchanged, but we're not adding new information. You see, this so, is called evolution. People call evolution the different dog breeds or different kinds of corn, but corn stays corn, dogs stay dogs, amoebas stay amoebas. Just so the only variety. way to get the blue rose in an atheistic evolutionary worldview without human intervention is with small random changes right. in your imagination. Is, exactly. that, is that what you're trying to tell me? That's exactly what has happened. Yeah. So there's no way the rose wasn't designed by God, let alone all the other flowers out there. Truly, if you've seen a blue rose, which Kent, throw that on the screen again, if you've seen a blue rose, guys... You're without an excuse. This takes intelligent design. Nature doesn't just do it. it takes intelligent right. design. Oh, You've got to find the information somewhere to put it in there. Random changes isn't going to do it. Well, Kent is amazing. He grabbed your video on slug slime, yeah, which is a talking, fascinating I've, I've topic. I want people to watch how useful these little videos are. So roll All this. Right. Check this out. You know, God told us to take dominion over creation in the book of Genesis. That means to study, understand, and control it. Now why? Because we can learn so much from it. I mean, we can even learn from a slug. A slug, you say? Yeah. It turns out that there's a certain kind of slug that lives in Northern Europe 
that slugs, when they move, they leave a slime trail. It's just kind of a sticky, gooey, watery thing. You can actually see their trail as they're crawling along. Well, scientists started to study this slug from Europe, and they realized their slime is very, very elastic, which means you can stretch it and it'll snap back, and very, very sticky. Now, for years, scientists have used things like super glue to bind up wounds, uh, and they thought, it's a little toxic and it turns a little brittle. What we need is a really flexible glue that will stay sticky. And they discovered this slug slime and thought these has the perfect characteristics for glue. Now don't get too excited about, you know, having some slug slime slapped onto your cut because it takes a lot of slugs to form enough slime to fit the market. And, you know, slug slime farms aren't exactly practical because the slugs only exude this kind of slime when they're scared because they don't want birds. Like if a bird's flying overhead, out comes the sticky slug slime glue. And if the bird comes and tries to pull the slug off the sidewalk, it's stuck to the sidewalk. So the only way to get the sticky glue is to scare the slugs. And slug slime farms aren't exactly practical. I mean, you set up a movie theater, you put all your slugs on the seats, and you show them movies of scary birds, and then you scrape the slug slime sticky glue off the seats. I mean, not exactly practical. So what do they do? They figured out how to synthesize it. And we now have the formula for sticky slug slime glue that is currently being used to seal up wounds. Isn't that cool? because we figured out what God did first. So we can learn from creation, develop products that benefit us in a multitude of ways, even slug slime glue. What a slugger of an idea. <laughs> oh, these are fantastic, Bruce. These are good. Searchforthetruth.net, by the way, uh, which uh, or you can go to his YouTube channel. Lots of great video content there, uh, and that's the whole idea, isn't it? Let's create content that that makes people say, "Wow, I got to Oh, that's fantastic!" From Amanda, PK says, "I love it." Just to create information to put it out there, because truly, we are without exclusive. You see a slug, you understand slug slime. You understand the 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 what's going on there. The more you understand that, the more you are without an excuse. Yep. And uh, I mean, let's be let's be real. This world this world beats us up. I, I mean, financial problems, health problems, the staff at the back they lied about. You know, just just feeling tired. It just gets at you. Everybody needs that reminder every day that you know, there's a God and He cares about us. And and it, it's just a wondrous creation that He's made. Uh, so it, I just we we got to be fun. We got to be interesting. And we got to be pointing people back to where it all came from. So uh, and people are busy. They don't have time to read a 100-page book on the technical information about creation. So uh, that's why you do what you do, and that's why I'm trying to just make this simple, interesting, and relevant. Well, I love it. And I, I think about the naturalistic worldview, the people that believe the slugs and the slime, uh, let alone just the slime, evolved all by itself. And I was thinking about it, Bruce. The only way for that to happen, for that slug to be able to evolve step by step with small random changes, is if that were to happen in your imagination, your wild imagination. There is no way that evolves step by step over slow 
random gradual processes of time that had to be designed. And truly, if you've seen a slug or if you understand a little more about slug slime now, you are again without excuse for believing in the designer. He created this entire world. Wow. Hey, Facebook and YouTube, I got to let you go here. Uh, next week, though, I I got to tell you, I'm going to be challenged and you are going to be challenged in next week's conversation. If you can join me right here on Wednesday at noon next week, we're going to we're going to answer the question of how we are losing our children and the battle that's taking place in the American schools. And um, it's a it's a conversation that you're going to be blown away by the background of what actually happened starting up to 100 years ago, actually a little more than 100 years ago, a plan put in place to take our children a certain direction and where we're at today with that plan and what you can do about it. So it's going to be a powerful conversation. I hope you can join me next week. Hey, if you want to join us for the rest of this conversation, I want to get some more thoughts from Bruce on more things that he's covered. Come on over to creationtoday.org and just simply partner with us and you can be part of the behind the scenes and the rest of the conversation. Uh, If I don't get to see you behind the scenes, God bless you. Thank you guys for learning this information. Now, please share this information with the world. Check out Bruce's website, searchforthetruth.net, and uh, look forward to seeing you next week right here for Creation Today's show. Bruce, let's cover a few more because every it's, it's I, I really think I could sit here and, and binge read, as I already did uh, the last several days, your book, because every page truly does just have one more thing that's like, Oh, wow. Didn't know that. Oh, wow. That's incredible. I mean, the fact that you and Julie have put this together with so many unique facts is amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away by it.